Welcome to episode four of Rooted. I am so grateful to be able to say those words and I just, I know I've said thank you so many times already. I'm going to keep saying it because I truly consider it such an honor to share myself with you, to share my words, my heart, just my truth. And I really do consider it such a privilege that you care to listen. So I am going to continue to say thank you so much to each and every single one of you who has subscribed, who has written a review, who has personally reached out and messaged me, who has shared and supported, who's listening right now. Just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. This last week has been overwhelming in the best way possible. I have really been pouring myself into this over the last month and to finally be able to share it with you and have someone outside of my little circle listen to it. It's a very vulnerable thing and I was definitely nervous before I, you know, clicked submit and put it out there for everyone to listen because I think sharing parts and pieces of ourselves is a very vulnerable thing. But I knew I was doing what God called me to do. And he had been calling me for a minute to do this. But I finally felt ready to answer the call. And I really feel like it's in his perfect timing because I'm in one of the best places, if not the best place I've ever been mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And it's amazing because the joy and peace that I'm feeling isn't attached to anything other than God. In the trailer of Rooted, I say that there were three questions I used to ask God every single day. Who am I? Where do I belong? And what is my purpose? And please trust, there are definitely days that I still ask God those questions. I had actually received prayer from a prophet. I've actually received prayer from him a couple of times, and maybe in another episode I'll talk more about that. But he was actually the one who had told me to ask God those questions because as he was praying for me, he was pretty much just calling me out on everything and he was like you're constantly questioning yourself you're constantly wondering who you are you know where you belong because you don't feel like you really fit anywhere and you're always so confused about what your purpose is what you're doing here he was like ask god ask him ask him every day and i think these are questions i've probably asked myself for the majority of my life there are times where those questions definitely get louder which is crazy because they're always there We just learn to tune it out, to numb it, to suppress it. And finally, I think it gets to a volume where we now have to do something about it. I remember actually a couple years ago that volume got really loud for me and I was not in a good place internally. I just felt like I couldn't feel peace within myself. And I knew I needed to give my pastor at the time a call and talk to him because I knew I needed to do something about it. But I kept putting off contacting him because isn't that, you know, what we do when we kind of just want to stay stuck in our crap? As much as we like the idea of doing something better or doing something different, we're not actually willing to do anything to actually change our current situation because god forbid we be uncomfortable for a little while but i have learned god does not care about our comfort so i'm walking my dog randomly in the middle of the day middle of the week at a park 
near where I used to live in California and I'm walking down this path and I see a man and it's just him and I, no one else around because this was pre-pandemic, pre-quarantine, so everyone was at work and school. And I try and be very cautious, so I immediately kind of looked around to see if anyone was around in case I needed to scream for help, which is horrible, but unfortunately, I'm a woman and we do have to think about those kinds of things. So as me and this man get closer on this path, I was like, hey, pasta. And he was like, oh, how's it going? I was like, God, you are so funny. I was not coming to my pastor, so he brought my pastor to me, and I proceeded to tell him that I had been meaning to set up an appointment with him, and I just kept putting it off, and he's like, well, what's up? What's going on? In that moment, there was so much I wanted to say, but I knew I would start crying, and so because I didn't want that to happen, because God forbid I honestly express myself, I just told him that I was struggling to feel peace in my life, and he goes, okay. And we walked a little bit, and he was quiet. He said, can I be really honest with you for a minute? And I was like, oh my gosh, please, like, let's do this. Do not hold anything back. Don't give me any throw pillows. Like, just give it to me straight. He was like, okay. He's like, for the last couple of years, your mom has been on this amazing walk in her faith. And she found God and had this amazing experience. And you've been there through the whole thing, riding on her faith coattails. You need to figure out who God is to you and what your relationship with him looks like. I was like, damn, sorry, pastor, but damn, that is so good. He was like, also, I'm like, yes, keep, let's do it. Keep it coming. He was like, you're torn between two identities. There's Kat and there's Catherine. So your head and your heart are on two different places until you figure out how to connect the two you're not going to be able to find peace internally. At the time, I was the co-host of a morning radio show where I went by cat. And actually, a lot of people still call me by cat. When I moved to Portland, I made it very clear that I am only going by Catherine. And I'm sure I'll get into that. I seem so small, but it's my name, you know, and your name does have so much to do with your identity. So Everything he was saying was so on point. I love that man. He's so special to me and such a powerful mentor. He's never sugarcoated anything with me. And those are the type of people we need in our lives. People that will speak truth to us, that will pour into us because it is so vital for our growth. In this episode, I really do focus on our individual identity. But in this journey of individual identity, it takes a village. We're not meant to do life alone. So make sure you're staying connected. If you want additional resources, reach out to me. I meant what I said. I want this to be a community. I truly want to just serve and be of any help that I can. Something that has always been extremely close to my heart is the empowerment of women. For any men listening, I believe in the empowerment of men as well, but obviously my experience as a woman makes this more personal for me. You know, this goes beyond commenting, yes, queen, on everyone's Instagram pictures. That's great. But I really believe in working with the most vulnerable in our community. When I lived in California, I worked with women who lived in transitional living homes. And here in Portland, I'm a part of a nonprofit that works with younger girls to prevent them from becoming victims of sex trafficking. This is such a special place in my heart. This is so special and important to me because I've seen what it looks like when a woman who doesn't know her true identity, when she doesn't know her worth, when she doesn't know who has created her, what she will allow and what kind of life will transpire out of that. I think we have all experienced different forms of this within our own lives when we abandon ourselves or when we don't take the time to heal and unpack who we truly are, who we were created to be. 
I had read an article that put it this way. It said, your sense of identity has to do with who you think you are and how you perceive yourself. It's about how you define yourself. Self-esteem is how you value yourself. It has to do with your sense of self-worth and is often based on the comparisons with others. Self-worth is a foundational part of our identity. I wanted to read something that I had written on a blog I used to have. And this was actually my very first blog post. It was about self-worth because this has always been such an important thing to me. So I wrote, I was talking with a friend years ago and we were discussing her current relationship and the breakup makeup pattern they had. This man had been both physically and verbally abusive to her, yet she continually went back to him. I couldn't help but wonder and ask why. Why would you ever allow someone to treat you like this? Her answer broke my heart. I think I'm just used to being treated like shit. My dad treated me like shit and it's just what I'm used to. My friend had let the way her dad treated her determine how she would allow other men to treat her even though she knew deep down it wasn't right. She had allowed the identity her father projected onto her now become the way she defined herself, even as an adult woman. I believe that every personal crisis we experience begins with an identity crisis. And I'm going to say that again because it took me a minute to truly understand that every personal crisis begins with an identity crisis. The journey of discovering self is going to look so different for all of us. So please Do not compare your journey with somebody else. I know I've said this before. I will continue to say it again that comparison is the thief of joy and we live in such a society and a culture where it makes it almost impossible not to compare. But I believe that when we return to ourselves, we're really just returning home. Years ago, around that same time I had that talk with my pastor, his sister, who's also another mentor of mine at the church I was attending, her and I had a conversation. I was honest with her about how I was a little hesitant about my walk with God. I said, I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it. But I don't want to change. I like, you know, my happy hours and my weekend things and all of that. And she was like, Catherine, God doesn't want to change you. He wants to restore you. She goes, let me put it this way. When you come into the world, you were this perfect vase and then life, right? So the vase gets cracks and it's chipped, you know, parts break off and glued back together. Certain pieces are missing. And she's like, God just wants to restore that vase to its original creation. And that is what returning home to myself looks like. It's a returning to truth. Honesty has to be a requirement for this. Something I pray for daily is that God expose any of the lies in my life with his truth. There are lies that other people have convinced us of that we have now adopted as a part of our identity. There's lies that we tell ourselves daily that have now become a part of our identity. Discovering the truth of who we are is so powerful because once we know the truth, we can never unknow it. We can lie to ourselves, we can suppress it, but deep down, you will know when you are not being true to yourself. I want to read another excerpt. This is from a book I read years ago called Taking Back Your Life by Stephen Arterburn and David Stoop. And they ask, what habitual dependencies keep you from taking your life back? Why do you persist on doing them? Where in the world did they come from? Have they been passed down through the generations? Did you copy them from someone else or are they something you made up on your own? Responsive living begins with the willingness to change the way we think. Changing our thinking really is transformational in our lives because it takes the focus away from everything in front of us and places it firmly on everything within us. I love this reflection so much. And I want to add, while you are 
you know, contemplating and thinking about these things. What identity are you operating out of? Is it a truthful one? Is it a culmination of other people's projections? Is it a victim mentality? Is it from a wounded place? The identity that we operate from will become the perspective that we view and receive the world around us. I think sometimes we get so used to allowing negative things become our identity. I know in the previous episode, I was talking about how much our brain loves familiar. So we stay stuck in this place out of fear and familiarity that we don't know who we are now without these different identities that we've adopted. What have you been holding on to? What have you allowed to become part of your identity that is not a part of your truth? My friend was talking to my mom and I one time and she was telling us that her therapist told her that she's depressed. And trust, I believe depression is a very real thing and I experienced it myself in the first couple of months of lockdown and quarantine. But my mom asked my friend, who does God say you are? Again, she was not trying to downplay her depression, but our words have so much power. If my friend repeats every single day to herself, my therapist says I'm depressed. My therapist says I'm depressed. My therapist says I'm depressed. That now becomes a part of her identity. It's now changed forms from you having depression to it having you. And this can go and be applied for anything. That's why I asked, what have you allowed to become a part of your identity that is not a part of your truth? So let's just strip everything down for a minute. Beyond depression, beyond anger, bitterness, beyond your accomplishments, your job, your financial or relationship status, your mistakes, your failures, everything. Think about who you are at your core. What is your identity without all of those things? When we don't know who we are, we will cling to anything or anyone that makes us feel like we are someone. Moving away from everything and everyone was vital for me in this journey. And I am not telling you that you need to move away because trust those issues and the brokenness and wounds, all of it, it will move with you. I actually had a friend call me uh, just a little while ago and he was trying to pick my brain about him wanting to pick up and move away. And he said he felt like he just wanted to get away from the town he was in and break away from everything and everyone so he could really just take off personally. Now, I let everyone in my life know Don't call me until you're ready for the truth. I'm not pessimistic. I am realistic. I know he was very excited about the idea of this new adventure. And I told him I'm excited for him, but I'm also going to keep it real with you. The same trappings that you felt where you live, the same demons you battle, all of that. Trust, they will have your new address. And once you get over the high of a new city and new people and, you know, exploring all this new stuff, they will find you and they will find you with a vengeance. Because now, now you don't have the community that you had at home. You know, back home you have friends and family. Now you're alone in this new space. And that is exactly what happened to me in Portland. I had months of, you know, just complete freedom and exploration and living my best life. And then I had a wake up call. You know, first it was a subtle knock that you feel within you. And then it gets loud enough to where you know it's there, but you can still ignore it and function. But then the knocking gets louder and louder to where you can't ignore it anymore. It demands your attention. And I actually got back into therapy because I knew this time I wanted to truly heal and get to the root of, you know, where this knocking was even coming from. I know when I previously have discussed moving to Portland, I said that it was my way of giving God full control, that I was moving with a completely blank canvas and letting him paint whatever he wanted on. It. I've now realized that he didn't want to paint anything. 
He needed me to look at what was already created. He needed me to hold a mirror up to myself. For me, that process began with healing. It began with needing to forgive myself so that I could in turn forgive others. It began with me needing to learn compassion for myself so that I can in turn have compassion for others. It began with having to surrender to my creator. What do you need to surrender? What do you need to forgive yourself for? What does showing yourself more compassion look like? As I wrap this up, I'm going to ask that before you even think about everything that you are not, that you write down everything that you are. I believe the truth is always more powerful than a lie. So get rooted first in the truth of who you are. Proclaim it. Stay close to it. Write it on sticky notes. Repeat it to yourself throughout the day. And some days you will have to proclaim it louder. Like I said, this is a journey you did not get here overnight. Be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. If you take five steps back tomorrow, remember that healing is not a linear journey. Most importantly, through all of this, Ask your creator who you are. Ask him to give you the clarity and revelation that you need on this journey. Ask for the strength needed to believe the truth of who you are over the lies that have presented themselves. Because although I believe that the truth is more powerful, a lie is a lot easier to swallow. And the longer you have been feeding those lies, the bigger and more consuming it becomes. But God's truth is so much bigger. Affirm to yourself every day, who you are, and who he created you to be. Where your truth lies is where your power resides. There is so much power when we can finally own who we were created to be, what our true identity is. It's 2021. We are stepping into all of our power this year. Once again, thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Please don't forget to click subscribe. And if you enjoy what's being created here, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review. But most of all, please stay connected. I absolutely want to hear from you. You could find me on Instagram at It's Catherine Murillo. Until next time, stay rooted.